Okay. Uh, uh. Welcome back to Switchcast, our uh, Baker's Dozen episode. Thirteen. 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 Number thirteen. Wow. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm not superstitious because you'd be amazing. the unlucky guest. But Ooh. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, founder of Switch Cars, GT Vault, and two-time overall Cannonball Run record holder. No asterisks. Uh, oh. <laughs> and lots of lots and lots of evidence. Each week, I'll have a new guest co-host, some famous, some unknown, but all with a wealth of knowledge and experiences to share. Tim uh, Tim Neely is my guest co-host today, and I, I want to say that his his wealth of knowledge and experience is probably inversely relation relational to his fame. He's, oh, that's that's actually a huge compliment. And I, I, ho- I hope that's the case. I think it is because you have. Not a lot of fame, and you seem to be very smart. Oh, right. This is now my favorite podcast that I've ever been on, and I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> but I do hope that that's the case. I mean, I was taking a swing at a curveball. I wasn't sure where I was going with cheers that. Cheers to that. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're going to take your calls and questions. We have a lot of really good questions lined up. Tim has a ton of experience in the car industry. He started probably half of a dozen, half of a dozen different automotive related businesses some he's sold off some he's still making money off of and some he's still pouring money into mm. kind of like a boat <laughs> and uh we're gonna we're gonna pick his brain because probably the most common question i get asked is how did you get into this everybody thinks they want to be in the car business so we're gonna we're gonna dig it into dig into that a little bit tonight you can join us live. You can call in with your questions and talk with us. The number to call in is 216-294-4124. Or you can post your questions in the comment flow of where you are watching live. And our producer, call screener, comment forwarder, Ethan Huffnagel, will get them over to us. And we'll do our best to answer as many questions as we can. So, Tim, it is nice to have you on the show. I feel like it's been like 35 years since I saw you last in September. <laughs> it has. <laughs> it has been a minute. Uh, you and I looked a lot different yeah. on that day. Uh, yeah, so much different. So when uh, I met Tim at Motorvice, which is a rad era immersion of culture, but it's basically a car show where you dress up. It's a Comic-Con for car nerds. And you dress up in 80s and 90s garb. And Tim was wearing a killer mullet. I had never met him before that. I knew who he was. And I just thought the mullet was him. So then he sent me pictures of himself for the podcast. And I'm like, is this? No, that's you're sending I actually have, somebody else. I did bring the wig, but it doesn't really. I would have to like totally do an outfit change <laughs> because a mullet with this would just, it, the clash would hurt my face. Yeah. And apparently you didn't recognize me either. Well, that's because, uh, I, I mean, I, I was aware of you from, uh, you know, the whole Vinwicky cannonball thing, uh, which you're fairly renowned for. But it's because you literally were Freddie Mercury uh, at Motor Vice. Uh, literally. I mean, it was, it was and, and there's some pictures on the Motor Vice page. I think you've posted some pictures too video is what is required to really articulate how i mean he the the mannerisms it was like he studied that like the the live aid concert and it was well i've been told that 
I am incredibly narcissistic <laughs> and pretentious. So I think that just came naturally. Huh. I just have that. I don't swag. find you. I, I must. I must be pretty narcissistic <laughs> and pretentious because you did not hit my pretentiousness meter at all. So that's not good. I, I think that's what it takes, though. To yeah, you to, to pull off. I was amazing. Rock star. It was amazing, and, and the swagger, and like since then, like because I think even people that like would have been aware of you did not know, like. Who, that it was you because it was like i'm telling you it was it was stinking amazing like it was it was great so yeah and that was sadly i was so busy um that day that we really didn't get a chance to talk much and then i i called you up a few weeks uh, like a month later just because and you're like hey um, man i thought you were coming to my show where not, were you uh, right yeah <laughs> and uh yeah, so it's been good to to kind of get to know you a little bit more. Uh, definitely, um, this place speaks for itself with the cars and and what you've built here is is pretty dope. So thanks. Um, well, I want to yeah. find out about what you've built. So in sixteen years, I built a whopping one business. Although I guess you know, I have offshoots of it, storage business and whatnot. But you have quite a rap sheet of yeah. automotive experiments i guess some some good some not i i wrote down in my notes i really want to use this line tim has been gainfully unemployed since 1998 yeah that's so, actually that's pretty good yeah i thought it was man i gotta come I, to you this like is my words. new ad copywriter here <laughs> uh, uh so let's go since we're talking about motor vice right yeah you start a car show as sort of a business as a passion well, is it a business? So, yeah, it is a business. Uh, it uh, well, is it a nonprofit? No, it's it's a loosely. No, it's a business. Uh, COVID has not been helpful. Uh, you know, I launched uh, it uh, for everybody. You know, that maybe doesn't know what Motorvice is, um, and you can find out more about it. Uh, Instagram uh, Motorvice Show. Uh, I started it really because I have a, a large collection of of Vice era cars. You know, cars from that era. And uh, th there really wasn't anything in, in our in our area. Um, it was, you know, necessary, I sure. feel like. Because, you know, as, as far as car shows go, and I had put on car shows prior, um, some with like a, a, a benefit, you know, to sort of give the money to a charity, uh, some just because, you know, it was, it was like a fun get-together. But um, that show, I really... I really wanted it to to give give something that would be, and, and you came to it, so you you kind of understand the motif is not just like let's get cars and outfits. It's kind of like a, the way I do it. It's it's like a it's know, a cultural immersion. It's a cultural immersion, yeah. and and I, I really you know wanted it to be uh, with the DJ. You know, I spent uh, we we tried it uh, with a couple different DJs, and then I started interviewing. Uh, DJs and found uh, DJ Victor Torres, who's done the last six shows with mm -hmm. us. And I mean, honestly, like that team, you know, the team of people that that really put that show on. And then, like, you know, it's scripted. I mean, the whole show, you know, there's it's there's a timeline of events, and and we've really tried to make it about those events. Mm -hmm. uh, we've 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 done you know break dancing and everything's you know, and we want people to get involved and. So as far as like, did I, did I do it, you know, to, to, to like start a business? I mean, um, not one of my good friends does import Alliance, uh, mm -hmm. Don, 
And I, I talked to him before I actually started it to just kind of get an idea of what, what he, you know, what he did and how, how it worked for him. Um, because honestly, the, the, the main thrust behind ultimately really doing Tim's Enthusiast Garage and Motor Vice is I, I really, I have a lot of automotive opinions and I, I like to have, a, I like to have a place to, to spew those opinions. And so ultimately, uh, you know, I, I like writing, I miss the magazine format. Uh, I write for, um, S3 magazine and I, I, a conduit for me to become, uh, someone who's like in the car scene and has a relevant opinion, you know, was definitely something I was interested in. Sure. So, so um, since nobody else would pay you for your opinion, yeah, you decided to build right. your own uh, exa- platform. It, really, I mean, tr- truly, that's. Oh wait, I'm that narcissistic. Is, that is, Holy I, okay, cow! Okay, so in a different vein, that is exactly what I did with a car business. Yeah, I knew that I'd never get a job as an automotive journalist because I couldn't make it through college. I'd never get a job as a test driver or an engineer or whatever because I couldn't make it through college. So I'm like, okay, I'll just figure out my own business so that I can do what I want, so I can write about cars and test drive them. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get to test drive them like, you know, magazine writers do, but right. I get to play with cars. So anyway. Which is, and I think, you know, to, to sort of capstone this, the, mo- the motor vice thing, I mean, truly I wanted to, you know, everybody that comes to motor, I've made so many good friends just just from mo- motor vice, you know, doing motor vice. And honestly, like as a result of, of, you know, being there, uh, everybody, there's so much like-mindedness, mm-hmm. you know, even, even art that you know does Radwood, you know, has been, you know, it's, I, I love to see his posts, you know, his passion and what he's done with that show and where he's taken that show, you know, I, the whole thing, you know, I don't look at it so much as being, uh, we're, we're definitely not like a competitor to that. Um, it's, it's just really, it's, it's a, a joyous time to be with your cars and, sure. and your friends. Well, there's a lot of room and I, I guess I was going to ask you about that. So Radwood, most of us see as the original eighties, nineties yeah. car show. It, it's certainly it's, a memorable it's brand. It's been interesting, you know? Uh, so, so when we did our first show, I'll say this cause I'm, I'm a huge, you know, uh, careful where I step here, but, uh, um, I, you know, I had some interesting conversations with those guys, uh, after our first show, which was very successful. Um, not, and again, when I say successful, like monetarily it was not successful, but it was sure. successful in that everyone that came was like, this is the best show that I've ever been to. And I mean, I think honestly, the, the reason, you know, I started it quite honestly was I, 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 I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I don't love 60s culture or 50s culture, but like how many car shows have you been to, particularly living in the Midwest There's in like Ohio? seven a week in it's, Cleveland. It's totally painful. And every time you yeah. go to a car show. It's the Beach Boys. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. And so uh, and the there was nothing week. going on in Ohio. I wanted to do a show that was, I mean, even really before Radwood started, uh, Radwood, I mean, I would not take anything away from what they've done. They have definitely gone for more of like a corporate sponsor large event huge show field and that's definitely not what we've gone for um but even like uh there's there's a a group of guys um called y2k that does that does a car show that's real similar i mean i think inevitably there was going to be all of these shows and unfortunately uh there was some contention you know Uh, when we when we first after our first show we had uh so uh, Andrew Mitro, who's a, 
was my artist for Tim's Enthusiast Garage and, and Motorvice, who's now gone on to be, he works for uh, Mercedes-Benz. He does all of their, like Mercedes-Benz, the Mercedes-Benz Heritage Collection mm -hmm. art. Um, and he's he's kind of a hit, particularly on, on Instagram. But he did all of our officially sanctioned uh, art for that. And, and one of the pieces of art was a, a Countach, because we had a Countach at our first show. And it was similar in design to a Radwood mm -hmm. thing. And uh, my friend Matt wrote a, an article that was somewhat hurtful. Matt, if you're watching, I was I was hurt by that article, but I love you anyways. And was, you know, it's this is just a ripoff and blah, blah, blah. But like, honestly, it, it you know. The imitation how, is the sincerest form and, of and, flattery. And, and if I it's would, not something right. that's like proprietary, <laughs> it's a good idea. You can't copyright the thought of doing and i would say you know like, like let's show. let me you know get really uh sort of esoteric with this for a moment and say like you know 70s progressive rock like king crimson was fantastic but also the band uk was fantastic was it exactly like king crimson no i mean was it derivative of king crimson yes a little bit and those of you who like 70s progressive rock will really really like this whole section of the <laughs> podcast and those of you who don't will be totally lost let's use an automotive <laughs> let's use an automotive right. reference and like cars and coffee right that yeah, started in california sure. they copy wrote the name and mm. they were trying to sell franchises of it and cars and coffee popped up all over the country because it was more of a movement than anything. Right? Like how do you right. copyright? And a, I, a this group is of a, this is a very similar conversation that I had with in a art. different way and, than they have before. And I'm I'm very much like my so I think Radwood was started very much. So I, when I start a business, it's a business. When I started Motorvice, it wasn't really so much I wanted to do to be successful in the business aspect mm -hmm. of it. It was more that I wanted to be successful in having a place to to show my cars and to for my friends to bring their cars and to hang out and to wear and, spandex and to wear spandex because you know I did I did actually I have there's some questionable pictures from the first Motorvice of me, <laughs> and if you see those, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, like. Yeah, and I'm glad you know it came up in this because you've been to both events. Yep, both events are, are different. You know, we really try to make, uh, you know, we really try to make ours. A, it, it's again very scripted. You know, it's very you know we uh, DJ the DJ and I DJ EK is his. Uh, um, he's actually a car guy, so he's like a he has a older Civic hatch, and uh, you know we go through and like here's the vibe, and so for like our Florida show which yes we're trying to do another florida show this year COVID has really put a wrench in it and i don't want to spend a ton of time on motor vice but um you know we really try to make it uh an event that has a clear start and a clear end and you're involved and you're you know there's something to do at every moment sure the cars are almost like in other words it would be fun to go to even if the cars weren't there right you know that's that's really anyone you know, who just wants to bathe in nostalgia right and and honestly the the reviews that we got you know in tampa tampa was the show where we had the most not car people and honestly it was the most fun show right it was it was such a people were like so shocked that it was happening car they, people are dare i say a little bit uptight a lot of the time oh yeah and they yeah. take themselves really seriously that's why they get all about their you know paint to sample one of three edition that <laughs> right. they drive to cars and coffee and nothing else so radwood and Motorvice like rips that pretense out and you have to not take yourself 
very seriously in order right. to kind of have fun which there. i love and i you know one of the after the first show one of the one of the most common comments we got was like you know my my car you know got laughed at or i didn't get accepted for because you know for whatever reason at radwood and you know it was really cool that i could come to this and like i mean honestly wait a minute they complain that their car got laughed at yeah i feel like that's half of i know i yeah, really i know i right like, <laughs> yeah i i think well some you you mentioned it if you know car, car guys i think at, car, car guys i think kind of you know there, there's a right you know there's a there's a wide swath in in our first show we had a uh we had a super amazing uh yugo that was a barn it was a barn find and it had actual like actual ants uh, like there was oh like an goodness. ant hill inside the car That's and, and awesome. it was it was amazing preservation class it was, dude it was Beach. so we actually had that in so we had it uh a similar similar setup to the ohio show that you came to we had the indoor section was like a vip so it was like uh, a countach uh testarossa all nicer cars and this yugo and the guys the guy with the countach or with the countach was an older gentleman and was very upset that the yugo <laughs> he did not he was uh he was one of those guys that would bring the lawn chair and sit by the car and you know accept Never, his yeah. accolades that right, he, he was right. like what in the world is happening and i walk by his car and he goes would you like to talk about my car right yes yeah. that that guy he, he he realized he did not understand uh what was going on oh man so uh i think one last question about motor yeah. uh and then we'll move on to, to your other businesses I don't know why this is, and maybe this is the case in other people's area of passion, but I feel like there's this sentiment that it's almost immoral to make money on fun cars because it's a passion for so many people. And even more so maybe with car shows, right? Car shows shouldn't be profitable. Right. They should be a thing where you go and maybe you do it for charity, but... I feel like there is an underlying sentiment that it's immoral to do it as a business and to make a profit off of a car show. Yeah, there is. And I think, I think, I mean, that, that gets into sort of a philosophical discussion on, you know, the American dream, I think, honestly, because I, I, for sure. So our first year we did do it as a, uh, um, any profits and we made very little profits, but we did give some money to the, uh, arthritis association, mm-hmm. um, the first year. And in that model, honestly, because one of the main reasons we even did that was because one of the people that helped out really put that together, uh, had her background was in like not-for-profit car shows. And, you know, I, that's one that's fine and i think you know toy drives and that all of that stuff i mean philanthropy and tithing and and giving money and help and those sorts of things you know i I revere that and love that so i'm not saying that should not be a part of it but i totally agree with you um when you know when when ticket prices are announced for any show i've heard people complain about uh, like five dollar ticket price for a car show and you're like I mean, depending on what goes on, particularly at Motorvice where there's, you know, I'm flying in DJs. I'm, you know, particularly sure. like, you know, renting a park, doing all these different things. And like, you know, what what should your time be worth? You know, 
if if anything's worth doing, you know, it's worth doing well. Oh, but you're doing it for the car community. Right. You know, yeah, but I think you should, you know, as far as people that would have a problem with you, you know, that's an obscene profit on that Ford GT or, you know, that how can you uh well, right now uh Porsche GT cars. So people will get a new car, a new mm-hmm. GT3 or, you know, right now it's GT3s. Everybody's GT3 yep. is coming in. 100k over sticker. How could you ask 100k over sticker? Like how could you make well, I mean, like people will pay depending on the color. I mean, that's the you know 100k is reasonable, right? So I, I think it all comes down to, you know, we all have to to make a living, and I think some of us, you know, when it, when it comes to the automotive industry, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have any money. You know, I we didn't really talk too much about that, but I came up poor. Single mom. Well, let's just go there. Yeah, single single yeah. mom family. Uh, my father was not around. My father was a car guy, but um, he was not around from the time when I was three, and we did not have any money. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, when I think about how I came up compared to, you know, what the perception is of, and and I would never. You know, there's a lot of Instagram, you know, self-made, you know, and I would never do that because it just feels so like I'm not a like a braggadocious, you know, type of person. And if you are, you know, that's fine. But, um, you know, my target was like a Lotus Esprit. You know, I, I got every car magazine. I wanted to be, you know, David E. Davis. You know, I, I wanted, you know, I, I wanted to be a automotive journalist and I wanted to drive these amazing cars. And in particular, you know, like the Lotus Esprit, the XJ220, the F40, uh, you know, cars like that really caught my imagination. And so, you know, from my earliest time, it was like, I really want to be around. And I couldn't have even conceptualized owning one of them. I mean, because how, be how would that happen? Yeah. Because yeah. my family didn't even, even like, you know, p- people always talk about like things that are, you know, advantages or privilege or disadvantage. And I, I'll be a huge ombudsman here for a moment for the poor, because like if you came up poor and your like grandparents weren't wealthy and their grandparents weren't wealthy, you, you could not conceptualize. You had to come, you had to get a mentor. Mm-hmm. You had to, someone had to invest in you for you to really even understand wealth. You know what I mean? For you to even under, cause it was like an obtuse concept at that point. So, you know, when I was a kid, uh, luckily I had fantastic parents, uh, and grandparents and, uh, you know, they instilled really solid values. So I saved like every penny that I made doing odd jobs. And eventually, you know, I, my first job was cleaning cars at a little dealership by my, uh, by my house. Um, it was a GM dealership and this was kind of like their, their crappy used car lot. And I got to like wash the cars, but I saved all that money. And, you know, when I was, uh, and I really, from from having that passion uh, for cars, you you start to really you you just you be almost I wouldn't say obsessed, but like you just know you track it its whole life. So with the Esprit or with any car that I ever loved, you you know knew it was you know fifty five thousand, and then it depreciates to this. So like the depreciation, I was like when I was about uh, how old would I have been sixteen? I real I realized what the depreciation curve was, and I was like. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. You See, know. okay, so that <clears throat> that doesn't bode well 
for, for now for the depression yes. of car up and coming yeah. so car guys now i really i want to apologize they're, they're like as they're <laughs> as they're getting raises or their net right. worth is increasing right. or whatever they're just seeing the cars go the other way Well, right now i, I gotta hope that right now oh, it's gosh. a little bit of anomaly you know we were talking about this in pre-production because uh professional car dealer mark spence and professional car dealer john mcdonald uh were here and we were <laughs> there you go there you go uh we were talking about this and like is this the new normal like maybe i don't know i don't think so i think that there has to be so that a4 that needs uh, an, an oil pump that has one hundred eighty thousand miles and is way overpriced eventually that's going to be a $1,500 car. Right. It has to be. Right. And, and the same thing I'd say, you know, with the Esprit or like even any of those cars, while they have appreciated almost to, to a ghastly level here recently in the past really three months, I have to think that, you know, in the midst of this uh, inflationary cycle that we're in, there's going to be a, a downside to it. Now, that downside might be higher, but I have to think eventually – the, the your money you will have to make more money sure you know whether that's i mean this is getting into like you know the financial aspect of it but eventually i think it'll work out the depreciation the depreciation curve i think will still exist to some extent and for all of you that were poor like i was i i still think that there's hope and uh you know i was also not well off contrary to many well, commenters opinion yeah, everybody <laughs> thinks was that a silver spoon whose daddy never said no but whatever no yeah, I, I'm, right. I'm there with you i did not have the opportunity to be around cars or um i don't know maybe, maybe i had I, I guess i always knew that somehow i would figure out how to be around cars so it wasn't an option for me not to be but i didn't know how that was going to play out but i i certainly didn't get to be around them when I was a kid. Yeah. For me. So yeah, I mean, I, I just always, there was really nothing I wanted, you know, I, I told you before this, like my two passions were music and, and cars. And honestly, like it's, I was, I was really, you know, there's certain things musically that there, there are like, there's some gifts there. And I, I, you know, for, about a decade of my life that was my primary source of income and music is definitely the thing was i found like it, it it's almost sucked the joy out of it you know doing that vocationally really i don't know just, it, that's the best mm. way i can put it it sucked the joy out of it and i found that like i enjoy music and i'm more connected with music even now that I've taken somewhat of a high, I wouldn't say, you know, I still play music and I still am involved, but I doing it vocationally. I I think there's, there's certain sacrifices that you make and, you know, anyways. Yeah. But, but okay. So, so good question to segue from that, right? Mm -hmm. So you love music. Yeah. Being in the music industry took the fun out of it for you has the same thing happened with cars. You love cars. You've made cars a business that's for the a, past that's 20, a great question. five years. So on the industry level, absolutely uh, no. no. Nothing has been diminished in the car. It, for, for me, uh, people have disappointed me greatly, you know, over over the past, you I'm know. I'm so sorry. 20 years. You in particular. No, I'm no, just kidding. Not yet. Uh, no. No, I mean, I think... Well, I, I think some of that is... I've disappointed myself. Like, I think my expectation... And this is, I mean, broad. Like, so I'm saying, like, 
you know, people you look up to, you know, like don't meet your heroes type of thing. Like, uh, yeah, I've been disappointed in that way or I've, I've had my heart broken, uh, on that front. But in terms of like, I still feel like at a car show, uh, man, I, I don't know. I still feel, (laughs) I just still feel the same way about cars that I always have. That's perfect. Yeah. So, um, we're going to go to commercial, then we're going to get to some of the questions. I want to, I guess we'll go into the first business you started. Yeah. Figure out how you came okay. down this train. Half Absolutely. a dozen. Half a dozen. I'm making up words. <laughs> wow. Michael Scott here. Half a dozen businesses later. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Office, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our Switch Cars dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save a whopping 25.39% at checkout. Speaking of movies with cars in them, I watched The Wedding Singer last night. I literally had to look at my notes. That's how bad my memory is. I don't remember what I watched last night. I can't remember what car was in The Wedding Singer. I was just going to ask. Pop quiz, what do the protagonist and the antagonist drive? Anybody out Man, there know the remember. wedding singer cars? What what was what were the cars? What's that? The wedding the singer. wedding singer. Come on, it was before you were born. <laughs> All right, it was an AMC Gremlin. Oh, was the one Adam Sandler drove, and the one that the jerk drove was a DeLorean. Wow, I can't believe I don't. I, like I literally have. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen I that mean, movie I wouldn't since get like, that if I didn't yeah, yeah. just watch it, but you're Motor Vice King. So, so uh, for people that are into car movies, uh, Sideways, we were talking about at dinner. You had left, but Dan and I were talking. Sideways features a, a, a Saab 900 convertible, which mm, you might enjoy. If you're a, no, it's like a, nah. the old body style. But if you're that guy, I guess watch Sideways and enjoy it. Uh, yes, that was a 9.3. Okay, so 1998-ish. <clears throat> yeah, so you 1998. You got into the car business. You started so, your first venture. Uh, well, yeah. So prior to that, I, so honestly, the thing that really got me into cars the most, and, and this will be the car journey. So I got my first car. I uh, bought another car and flipped it. Um, I bought a car. I bought an Audi 5000 CS Quattro in a junkyard. This is this is crazy. This car was pristine. I dr- I'm driving by the junkyard see this this car and i i was like a total audi nut at this point because my first car was a volkswagen quantum synchro which um for those of you who know what that is will absolutely love it for those of you who don't will be i'm sad that you don't know what that is but anyways it's an audi you know it's like a, it's like a four thousand quattro in a in a volkswagen shape essentially okay it's pretty cool um it's all-wheel drive, five-cylinder, five-cylinder noises. I should have just said that. Yeah, okay. Five-cylinder yeah. noises. I, yeah. So this 5,000 sitting there, uh, I'm like, it's it's like pristine. I assumed it was someone's there, but it didn't have any plates on it. So I went in and I said, what is the deal with this car? They're like, it has a blown engine. 
the guy wants to just part it out. I'm like, you know, what's the, you know, what's the deal? He's like, uh, probably five hundred dollars would probably take it. I was like, okay, because as you remember, I, I had been saving all my money, so like I had five hundred dollars. I went went home, got five hundred dollars, gave him the five hundred dollars. I am not mechanical at all. So my next thing was like, now I got to find an engine to put in. It just so happened there was a shop by me, uh, put an engine in it. Long story short, I sold it. I made money. It was a great thing. I said, oh my gosh, I can buy and sell cars. Did your first thing of Coke. This is is great. I want to do it again. Um, In the meantime there, many things transpired. And uh, one of my, I took most of my car to be serviced at this place called Eurocar Service in Norton where I was really close with uh, um, Andy, who was the the father of Tom and Brian, who started ECS Tuning. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, he was like, Andy, I, th- I like this to think... This portion of the episode is brought to you by <laughs> FCP Euro. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, they don't... They're, they got, they're, they're gone. They're not part of the company anymore, and they sold out, and it's great. But uh, Andy was like, Timmy, he had this great, like... Uh, uh, Serbian? I hope they're Serbian. I think they're Serbian. Accent. And he was like, you you should help us sell cars. And I was like, I would love to help you sell cars. So Tom and I started going to the auctions and buying cars. And I, in addition to the other jobs that I had, sold cars off their like little side lot. And it was pretty great, you know? Uh, and they were very fair and it was it was good times. And, uh, and some of my f- best memories are going to actually... One trip in particular, Tom and I went out to Mannheim at like, we didn't leave to go to Mannheim, Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. you've probably done that trip many times. No, I don't go to the auctions. Well, I did. This is this is like 1990, 1990. That is something you should be really proud of, by the way, because it's, you know. I go for entertainment it's the every now and then, It's the connects. Back in the day, yeah. that was like the only thing I knew. So sure. uh, we had a 928 GTS that was like maybe a year old. This was a new car at this point. And uh, an M3, also a new car, E36 M3. It was like the first year that those were out. Took them to the auction. Big money. It's going to be big money. Well, on the way, this involves speeding. Am I allowed to do this story? Yeah, you have immunity. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. So, on the way out, we had uh, walkie-talkies because there was no, like, cell phone i don't know even do we have cell phones in 1994 yes, we probably did Come on, maybe, it maybe it was nextel maybe <laughs> it was nextel it was nextel we had nextel push to talk push to talk that probably actually what it was what it was so we're going out and tom's like uh do you think this thing will hit 150 the the limiter i'm like yeah do you think this thing will hit 178 or you know which is i 186 i think was the top speed of the 928 gts and so we go because there's this one place where it's like a little downhill and then long and you can see and it's divided on both sides. So like you're not going to hit a deer. There's not any cops. It's like a pretty safe. You should never do this. But I did. So I'm in the 928s and the and, and I will say up till uh, about 130, they were like pretty close to each other. And then the 928 just started pulling. Just 155, I hear beep, beep. I'm out. You know, I hit the limiter. And I'm like, I did not hit the limiter. I'm like, do you think this thing will go 175? And he's like, no, you tell me, you know. So I'm going, and and it's like, and at about 168, it just, it, it felt like it just hit the wall. It like would not accelerate anymore. It was like 168, 169, 170. And this is like 1995 or so. So think about this. I'm going 100 and <laughs> a lot, you know. 
at least it's i mean probably going 160 miles an hour sure. in this car it's fairly new if it was an italian speedometer you would have been going 90. i would have been going on 200 <laughs> i would have hit 200 but uh we're going along and the tire pressure warning light comes on i almost pooped <laughs> I did not poop, and I I I slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, neutral, slow down, slow down, slow down. At about eighty, I'm like, okay, on the brakes, off to the berm. I'm like, Tom, I I got I think I got a tire out. He's like, what? No way. You know, Tom comes up behind me. Minutes later, I mean, it, it seemed like an eternity for him to like catch up. So what we I must have been going fast for a while. Anyways, he comes. It ended up it was like a, a pound low. So boo on the early uh tire pressure warning lights so that's um yeah yeah so yeah anyways we sold the m3 did not sell the 928 actually the, the highway ended up a truck jackknifed we i had to sleep in the 928 which was the worst thing ever uh the next on the way coming home we sold the m3 i'm like I, i'm not driving anymore that was crazy i still can't believe you know that whole situation and we we're going back home to ohio and Tom's like, I gotta, I gotta beat. What was it, 168? You saw? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I gotta beat it. I'm like, Tom, it's like the middle of the day in traffic. He's like, I'm gonna get it, dude. We are doing stuff that I've, I honestly to this day have never driven the way he was driving this car. We're like passing everybody. We, there was cell phones because people were on them, calling, mm-hmm. no doubt the police. And uh, uh, we were going about 145, and we pass a cop going the other way. Oh. Yes. I'm like, wow, this is going to be serious, seriously entertaining, Tom. And so he, he's like, I'm not lifting. I'm staying in it. So he stays in it. We stay in it for a while, and we piss off a lot more people. And I'm like, uh, that was insane. Like, we we got to get gas. So we get off at one of those like little areas. We're getting the gas. We got some food and gas. We're coming back out. He throws me the keys. He's like, I'm going to get us arrested. I'm like, you Darn right, you're gonna get us arrested. That was like the craziest thing. <laughs> he I've throws ever, you the keys. I've goes, you take so the I got the keys, yeah. and we get like maybe 50 yards yeah. from the car, and I'm like, wow, there is. It's backed in from the front. It's like blocked from the front, blocked from the back. There's a line. Every every conceivable sheriff, highway patrol, every police, everyone, maybe the FBI, everybody's there. I'm like, oh, and I got the key. So we. We get to the car and the guy approaches me and he's like, is this your car? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, how old am I at this point? I'm really young. Tom's really young. And we look really young. And they're like, is this your car? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, this is our car. And he's like, do you have a registration? I'm like, no, because we didn't. It was like a dealer car. Right, dealer tag. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, you're going to have to show me something. I'm like, we got the title. And he was so, (laughs) you could just see, he's thinking like, he's rich some bitch you know and he's just really you know you can just see he he like he wants to throw the book anyways he this is the craziest thing ever so we get over to the car he looks at the title he looks at my license whatever and the craziest thing he's like i'm gonna give you guys three options and i'm thinking like i love three options well i'm thinking like the last time i got three options it was in reference to a, a school shooting Huh, that's a story that needs to happen. Yeah. Okay, this, this is, is this is high. this is better than those anyway. three options. <laughs> so these three options were uh one you can uh the first option, this I'm not making this up. This was the first option. This was a state highway patrol trooper. He's like he's like I will escort you to the next exit. You can get off at that exit and you can drive like that on roads that I don't patrol. And I was like 
I can't even believe that's an option. That is an awesome option. <laughs> I really want to know. Yeah, the other yeah. Two. I'm like, what are the other two options? He's like, option number two. He's like, you can continue to drive like this on this road. He's like, and your license will be revoked. I'm going to impound the car, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, option two sucks. <laughs> he's like, or option three, he's like, you can continue on this road on your way home and you will go 55 miles an hour the entire rest of the way or you will be jailed. And I was like, okay. He's probably bluffing on the 55 thing. Bro, I promise you, every state highway patrol, they, every five miles, they were waving at us. They had someone like every five miles to the state line. And I, I was like, Tom, you driving on that. There's no way your dad's going to be so pissed <laughs> if he finds out about this, he, which he's not, now he's going to hear about this because I'm sure Tom's never told the story. But uh, we get to the uh, uh, Ohio state line in this 993. 928. In a 993 Carrera. Oh. Pulls up next to us. Oh, it. And like, yeah. whoop, grabs fourth. And I'm like, Oh boy, Tom, whoop, whoop, it's fourth. <laughs> so that's my, uh, that's, I don't even know. Why did I tell that story? I don't know. That's this is my a good first, story. That's my first, that's uh, your first yeah, business. Yeah. That's my first, the, uh, yeah. you know, risky business. My first thing was helping ECS sell cars. They then developed brake kits that were somewhat shady and made a big business out of it and sold their business for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And now they're back into the car business. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Monaco, is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boy, so, those guys are great. I like those guys. But I haven't seen them in a few about years. That aspect of the car business, maybe it's just me coming from little and doing it on my own. I'm not going to say I'm bitter. I'm not bitter. I think it just it muddies up the car business when there's a lot of super rich people doing it <laughs> right, as a hobby. I totally agree. Because they do not care if they make money or not, right. and they have enough money to just throw it around and buy cars, and it just it makes it more difficult for the little guys. Whatever. I am inclined. Guy, so I, I am inclined to agree guys. with you because I still, uh, you know, am not, you know, ridiculously wealthy or anything. My my first car business was um, so I worked in um, the music industry, sort of simultaneously. Here, we're gonna fast forward a few years, but I started a company called Bonfire Cars, um, which was a really tiny. Well, it wasn't tiny. I mean, it was a it was a three bay. Uh, it had a, like a little showroom. It was nice. Like it was for a, for a first crack at you know selling cars. It was fun. I again getting back to that like sort of generational knowledge. I had none. There was no. I had very little business acumen at this point in time. Like none. Um, I had one guy who really believed in me and who was like, yeah, "I'll help you. You know, let's let's do this." And his name's James Bentley, who lives up here. Hi, James. If you ever hear this. I gave you a shout out. Super nice guy. Didn't know anything about cars, but he knew a little bit about business. And uh, he really, you know, for that first year or so, he was there to sort of just, I guess, hold my hand, which I would say was that would not probably none of anything else would have happened had it not been for James to sort of give me that, you know, that push. Sure. So, and, you know, I get the question all the time, like, how much money should I have to flip cars? I made a living for a bunch of years uh, with a seed of about $15,000. Now, this is in the 90s, so obviously okay, that's... Okay, so that's like... Call it 30. 50 grand you know, 30, today. 30 to 50. It was 30 you know? grand last month. It's 50 yeah, grand it's 50 today. grand right now for sure. Um, and then, you know, we grew that. And I continued to grow that um, through, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, really up until the the scary, you know, sort of the scary period. Um, 
Which Talk about the, that. We we discussed it a little bit about yeah the recession. That at you know, I ended up. So I, I never for the for bonfire cars I never did a floor plan so I always uh, I always just used my money which I would not recommend necessarily that you do it was like probably a lot harder than it needed to be um, but, but. At, at the same time yeah when 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 I made a bad decision which really wasn't until well we could <laughs> i made some bad decisions uh one of the bad decisions was business partner related um that's a whole other conversation but like purchasing related i, I have a pretty good and i think everybody that's here honestly like w- we know a sure thing and we know a good thing and i think we we've i've developed that over 20 years or so and so like my feel for like what to buy has has always been pretty pretty good so i've never bought like a real stinker i've never mm-hmm. had a car until you know the the recession uh i did i was a little lost at that point i had started uh i had started a larger uh car dealership um with a friend which was again probably a little bit of a mistake um and it was a lot bigger it was this size dealership and uh when that ended, I I wasn't really super stoked about uh, having a business partner again. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I was doing. Um, so I went back to this the whole you know single you know just just my money and and buying and and I got stuck with a few cars that I lost. You know, probably I probably lost about half of my total working capital. And, yeah, yeah, and it was it was not optimal. Um, and it, and I think you know what that did for me was more like a mental setback than anything else. Like when I look back on that time, like if I, if I would have just probably kept my head in the game a little more, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a hit. Um, But I decided to, after that, after that losing money on cars, which any dealer that's listening to this will be like, you know, I lose money on cars every week. You know, I, for whatever reason, I had a really good run where I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't get super rich off of it, but I was able to to continually multiply my reserves um, until then, and and when that happened uh, again, simultaneously I had always been involved in music, and uh, so uh, I started a company uh, called Volante Sound and Picture, and we did very well for a few years. For honestly, for about a decade, um, a little bit less than a decade, and uh, and I was telling you, I mean, I that I did get blown out on. I just really was like, uh, you know, we were doing tons of band records, uh, a lot of, of voiceover work and uh, music for video games, uh, scoring. And it was just like, in like endless, you know what I mean? It was just very, and, and I had a couple, you know, there were a couple of records that were you know, like reviewed in paste magazine and like, I don't know. I just didn't, I did. It was a lot a lot of work for not a lot of reward. My children were young at the time and I've just really felt like I was missing out on their, on their, uh, childhood. And so, uh, you know, went into music really hard simultaneously still did always flip cars. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always, I mean, there's never been a time when I didn't have a dealer's license or work closely with another small deal. I mean, I've, uh, you know, for 20, uh, whatever years it's been now. So, um, and again, I mean, I think that's been, that's been great. And, and coming back to that. So in, uh, about that same, so after that, that crash, that, uh, 
2008 was that when the the thing nine ish is when it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i had at the the same time started with three friends uh a company called p3 cars uh p3 gauges um uh and jordan rick and i you know could not have imagined you know it was like the perfect time and i saw it like straight away i was like "Mm, man this is like it was like a really the the timing was just perfect i had like some pretty good connects just from going to car shows and being involved in you know automotive culture Mm -hmm. which we really haven't talked too much about you know like that the undercurrent really is what we haven't really talked about is sort of the the people that you meet and the people that you get to know which is really how you get you know your book of business is if you're a car dealer and that sort of thing but you also get that you know just in in a business sense you know i ended up i had a great mentor at the time and i really felt like you know this this gauge company could be next level um ecs was at like their peak and uh it was great because our first meeting with ECS, they were like, they totally panned us and they were like, Oh no, this will never be successful. And then when it, within a year and a half, we had made it pretty successful and they were like, please let us be the you know distributor for this gauge. <laughs> and, and you started, you said yeah, you had and, a printer in your basement. Yeah. Your yeah I mean, a I had a, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, uh, my, my friend Rick was, uh, was a, just a genius, uh, electrical i mean he never went to to college for it but he just he really had a thing for for programming and for electrical and uh he had a a version of this gauge in his car and we you know and jordan and i were both enthusiasts and so we we really worked to refine it um made it made it what it was and really developed a brand around it um and the success was was huge um jordan left very early uh, like right as we got successful, he just really felt called into the corporate world and uh, has had a, a pretty successful career. I think he's with uh, Safe Light Auto Glass now. He's like their lead uh, web designer. And uh, my heart was, you know, I, I loved buying and selling cars. I loved, you know, and I really, what I learned there was, you know, like the spark. You know, I really everybody has their own unique set of skills and like getting things going like uh, the rah-rah guy. I'm like the rah-rah guy. You know what I mean? Like, I so, saw that on so, display. <laughs> yeah, so getting, yeah, getting things going is not a problem for me. And so, um, I sold that business. Uh, um, and that was a, that was how long great, did you have that? So we had that, it? uh, 2015, I think. So okay. it took us a few, I mean, I, it, in this set version, five ish years. Yeah. It took, you know, really the first two years, anytime you start a business, I mean, the first two or three years are just like the grind. Right. Um, but you know, that one, you know, really, you know, it, it exploded. And I think, you know, fast forwarding, you know, there's, there's, I've thankfully, you know, and, and I'm truly thankful and blessed that I've been able to, to sort of replicate that spark and fan those flames, you know, and on other things as well. So, um, so yeah, sold that. And, and with that, um, bought a couple cars and, uh, started a YouTube channel. <laughs> so, there you go. you know, um, which, you know, is still not, and, and just to briefly speak. Yeah, so everybody wants yeah. to be a YouTuber. How's that going? Well, 
So I don't want to be a YouTuber, but what I do want, again, getting back to what I said earlier, and you kind of have to, because we're a little bit all over the place. If you've listened to this whole podcast, you know that really what I want, you know, is is really to, to you know, potentially write for magazines and to be a, you know, a voice in the car community, which I, you know, to the degree that I want to be right now, honestly, I am. Um, there's another magazine I just started writing for that um, I, I, I won't mention the name of it, but it's a, it's a great publication. Um I mean, there's potential for another imprint to be started. There's a lot of opportunity there. So sure. like, um, I'm, I'm always, you know, excited, you know, for what's next. And, and to the extent at which I, I it's not like my goal was like, I want to be famous. I want to be an influencer. Like if that's your goal, like I am not your guy because like, I did not want to be an influencer and I'm not, I'm not, but I, you know, I did want to do videos. So with the, Tim's Enthusiast Garage video channel, which, you know, is monetized. So I, I, I would love for everybody right now. Let's let's take a commercial break and say everybody go to, to uh, Tim's Enthusiast Garage. It's YouTube.com slash Tim's Enthusiast Garage and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Only Be- after you subscribe here. Which I'm sure you already have because this is a great podcast. Um, and, you know, and I, but what I wanted to do is not a podcast. What I wanted to do is like when you're looking for a a car so say you want no not that one but like uh you know that tt you got like an ibis white tt Mm -hmm. out there yeah three two no it's It's a a tdi swap really yeah Uh, we should talk about that that's cool anyways uh so so say it was a three two dsg tt you know i would if i was looking for that car i would do a video on the car i i I, it's i try to be as informative cars i'm passionate about Mm -hmm. so i have videos on my you know v8 esprit the the s4s esprit i'm doing a a a build on a 1994 uh barn find s4 lotus esprit s4 i've got videos on you know the 996 and just cars that i own and so like informational videos on like you know, what the car's like to drive, you know, do you want it? Because when I'm looking for a car, you know, I go on YouTube and I'm like, let me see. And there's certain reviewers that I really like mm-hmm. and there's some that I don't. Right. And so like, I just do the re- review that I want to see. And it has been awesome because like, so my kids, it is, my kids do the video portion and, and my friend, Nate Thomas, hi Nate, uh, shoots video for it. And, and it's like pretty good. It has room to become fantastic if I wanted to make that a full-time thing. So it's like, but it has, that's the key. Also, is it, it has it to be a full-time never, thing. But it will never be. So here's the thing. I, I want, like if you go and look at one of my reviews, so say you go, go look at my Alfa Romeo 4C video. I think it's like, if I was buying an Alfa Romeo 4C, that would be my favorite 4C video. And if you look at the comments, like, uh, so many people bought a Maserati Grand Sport and, and I'm okay with this because it's a great car because it, it is honestly a good car. It gets really panned. Uh, it gets panned by people that don't own the Maserati Grand Sport. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, we can go back to the Maserati Grand Sport. Anyways, but like people... We had a question from Alex Sebastian. That Lotus, hmm, and the Aston, oh. But also thinking, what's that deal with that crap Maserati? Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you about the crap Maserati. So first of all, you 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 don't know what Pandora's box. You so opened. if you if you watch the video, my my goal was to make a beautiful video that tells you the pros and the cons of every car. Maserati Grand Sport has some some flaws and some downs, but it also has some like great up points. I talk about all that. I present it beautifully at the beginning. I again 
thinking of the juxtaposition of where this started, I scored each of the videos. So, I mean, painstakingly, it would take like scored. I'm yeah. talking every moment scored for the non-musicians among you that's like and and the funny thing was out. the funny thing was look at my like so any of those first year videos turn down the music <laughs> like everybody was like <laughs> i'm not trying to hear your crap music okay so like so i after that i've i've created like maybe five or six pieces and then i've chosen a couple pieces i use those for the bed now so i don't i don't do that anymore but um you know i really wanted it to be like a standing testament so like if you like that car Here's the best review of that car. And I still, I, I like, you know, I, I'm proud of those videos. I, why I say I, I don't, my target isn't to be like a successful YouTuber. Um, a, a very successful YouTuber uh, whose name I will not mention, uh, I, I met a few years ago via a mutual friend who is a successful TV personality. And this guy was like you're not even a youtuber until you got a half a million and i was like i don't you don't need to sit next to me at dinner tonight so because it wasn't what bit. i wanted you to said, do the algorithm you, you don't want to be a successful youtuber well, I, I i'm gonna lose my train of thought so okay I, I gotta you go ahead i'm gonna take a, a, a sip of this uh, i need more anyone out there could i have some of that wonderful japanese whiskey thank you wow you pounded um, that i had less um Oh gosh! See, it happened. Now, now I've lost my train of thought. Okay, you said you your goal was not to be a successful. That's YouTuber. not the primary. Your goal, goal yes, everybody. That's that's a benefit. But your goal is to be to do something you love. Yeah. To give people what you think they want. You can walk behind the camera. You know, that's <laughs> Mark. Just one. Mark wants to be. On Ladies camera. and gentlemen, professional automotive car sales poorer. <laughs> Mark uh, Spence. Okay, so. No, no Malore. No. Your goal is not to be a successful YouTuber. Your goal is to do something well, do something with excellence. Yes. yes. I think that's the case. The The majority of the questions we get asked about the car business, or I think that people get asked in business in general, they see a nice car and they go, what do you do for a living? The, the connotation of that question is, how do you make a bunch of money? And that used to be a, a plague of the, the Ferrari forums Ugh. where... Oh, it still is. People, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just not on there anymore, so I don't know. But but people's goal is to become successful. And, and that's their primary I, goal. Like, I want to get rich. What do I do to get rich? Instead of saying, I want to do things well and with excellence. And that should be rewarded by the marketplace and have a, a wonderful byproduct of that will be wealth and enjoying the things I want to enjoy. But we should strive to do things that we want to do and to do things with excellent first. And I like that about what you're trying to do with the YouTube channel. Your primary goal is not to be a YouTuber. Exactly. Your primary goal is to and I, you know, people always give me, you know, advice like, man, your channel would blow up so hard if you just did this. And I'm like, I, I know if I followed myself around every day. I mean, today at the shop, there's an S SF 90 and a Huracan and a, and a tan, you know, there's like every day there's interesting new cars around. Like, yes, I could like, bro, it's so sick to have my life, you know, blah, blah, blah. That is not the mullet, the, though. That is not the mullet. Well, yeah, maybe and maybe You're, I should. And I could should do, do that. that. I could mullet do that. Mullet and spandex. That's a whole other thing. Mullet and spandex full time. That's a whole other thing. Be the eighties car would, guy. I would do that. That is, you know, my my thing is that the eBay algorithm wants consistent content. 
YouTube algorithm. You, YouTube. What what I say? eBay. Let me tell you what the eBay. Let me tell you Does what the eBay, eBay. Know what an algorithm let me, is. eBay algorithm. <laughs> this is hitting. This is hitting right now, Doug. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Switchcast. No. Uh, the YouTube uh, algorithm wants you know that the everyday or at least multiple times a week post. I want to give you you know in the I, I live in Ohio. Like the roads are bathed in salt. You don't want to see an outside video right now. Like you just don't. I have, you know, 16 or 17 things that need shot. It's going to happen in the spring, yeah. you know, and that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if, if you really, if you want a good car review, you know, come to my channel. Cause it's, you know, I'm only going to continue to do it. Uh, I'm not deterred by slow growth. Um, Again, I may, you know, there may be, uh, so my, my youngest son actually, who's, who's been pretty instrumental in the last few videos is interested in like it being the full-time, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. And, and so I have like kind of thrown it around, but you know what, it, I mean, you know what it takes to do something like that full-time. And I mean, you're, you're friends with Ed and it's like, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's its own and I and, and that's right, why I could never do it. And right now, what's most important that for way. me is, you know, with regards to the YouTube channel, you know, putting out good content. I will interact on a daily basis with people, you know, on my Instagram or on YouTube that reach out to me, uh, you know, and I get comments every day and I answer them every day, and I, I'm I'm happy with that. You know, everything's monetized. It makes a little bit of money. Uh, I do have some merch, uh, and and I'm about to actually launch. A, a pretty aggressive uh targeted campaign with with some new merch that's coming out so i mean like it, it's a thing mm -hmm. but it's also a thing that i'm really not willing to sacrifice like i wanted like pretty you know timeless videos you know uh, and, I, and i think uh you know my friend afshin who started uh petrolicious he had a a real pure thing that yeah. he wanted to do with that and for the first few years that he did that i mean it was as pure as i get goosebumps actually thinking about the early days of petrolicious because it was so uh unbelievably perfect you know for for it was just the best so i'm, I'm not saying I, I want to do more review based stuff but again it's it, it it'll grow at the rate which you know which people find it and like it and at, at the rate at which I put content in it, at it. And, you know, in, in every spring and summer, I get a huge bump in, in follows. And I and I tweak the algorithm gets, oh, this guy's serious. And then they, I start getting, you know, this video will get 100,000 views. And, and, then I, and, then the, and then the winter happens. And I, you know, and I don't. And, again, I've, I've always wanted, you know, even more than business, my primary thing has always been, you know, my kids. I want to make sure... I spend time sewing into my kids' lives. Like I don't want there to be conversations that I didn't have with my kids, you know, even about cars. You know, my kids have my kids are like amazing enthusiasts. Uh like they're they're really into they get collector cars. Um, but they also get like life, like they're quality men. So like that would not have happened if my primary thing was like, I want to be rich. And and if you see a car that I have and you're like, ooh, how can I get that? Exactly what you just said is how you get that. If you if your target is like to be rich, you, you'll just become a horrible person because the the ways in which you can get rich easily are all horrible. 
And you won't you know, enjoy it. You either. won't enjoy it because if that's your, you're going to be you'll, goal, you'll be sitting in a hot tub, yeah. and and you know looking at your Lamborghini that it'd just be horrible. And so I'm not saying that getting those things makes you unhappy. It's it's the pursuit of excellence, which truly will make you happy. Uh, truly, I mean, like honestly, truly, and that's true in your marriage. The, that's the journey true makes in, the destination it, more it to- enjoyable. It totally does. It's it's true across the board. No, this, it's not. We went to Jamaica lately. The flight was horrible, this, and the destination was awesome. <laughs> it's a great, more, it's a great more whiskey, analogy. More whiskey for right. for Doug. <laughs> we're going down a philosophical road. Yeah, yeah. We're getting too serious. We're going to go to a commercial, Sorry. and then we're going to get to some questions because we have quite a few of them. Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy, flexible, live streaming platform for organizations. Boxcast is so easy, we are broadcasting this show live with our phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial. We're going to get into some of the questions here and try to help people out with their business stuff and getting into the car business. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. We love interacting. We have one uh, question from the live chat. If y'all wanted to branch outside (coughs) of the car business, how would that look? What would you invest your time and resources in? That's a very difficult question. I, I don't a, know anything. I have an answer. So my wife Good. is currently passionate about uh, uh, vacation rentals and events. So mm-hmm. vacation rentals and events is uh, is the next is the next thing. So I think uh, as you gain, so as you're successful in business, what whatever you do, but specifically with cars, uh, at some point uh, you should get rental properties. <laughs> like legitimately you you should you know you should own the the building that you're in you should uh you know that that is a great idea yes so you know to to sort of segue from that question you know uh real estate is uh is is a great place to to a park money it's a great place to you know it's uh, it's fun to learn about uh we are in a unique time here where uh airbnb and vrbo or verbo as they say you know is uh there's just a lot of opportunities there and some of that can dovetail uh a friend a friend of mine just bought a uh a, a house with a track you know so like there's uh there's so, so many like option opportunities there and like i think a it's a racetrack some, uh, i wouldn't really call it a racetrack but like a a small road course okay yeah I mean, very, a house with a small, road very course. small road course. But like, yeah, if you could conceptualize like, uh, is that uh, like, I've seen something like that on Airbnb. Yes. So is this, that, this, that this is thing? similar to this. Okay. The one on Airbnb is like basically like a drift track that right. kind of goes around the property. This is similar to that. That's um, friggin' amazing. Where is it? Yeah. Uh, that what's one his, is, what's his address real uh, quick? I don't know. It is off the top of my head, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's something. I'm not even saying that that's like a 
requirement uh, or that that's a specific thing. But that's a, that's a great uh, thing that you could get into sort of casually. Uh, and again, you can do it in the same way that I did the car thing where you save some money, get one, and then you know you rent it rent it rent it get some more money right. buy another buy one. another and, and or just I think, leverage you know, the crap out of yourself and buy 20 which right now i wouldn't recommend that because things are crazy right now <laughs> so you're going to end up with six million dollars in real estate that's worth four million dollars no it's only going yeah. to go up in value yeah, that's, that's what i hear about cars works. every day they're only going to go up in value and that's for why a short you should time, buy them for a short time that actually may be true right. but i did not pick a question of the week in a, in advance um so I'm literally just going to pick one at random. Our question of the week is brought to you by Switch Cars, and specifically by their merchandise store, shopswitchcars.com, where you can go and enter SwitchCast as your discount code to get 10% off your entire order. We have awesome t-shirts like Mr. Mike DeWine is modeling for us and others. We're not going to get into politics. Anyway, Vote. <sighs> Our question of the week that I chose at random here is from 23 Patel Anch. Patel Anch? What is the best car to sell that gives high returns? Initially, I read this, and I read it in the vein of what we talked about last week, of cars being investments. I'm like, I hate this question. This is the dumbest question ever. But it's not because he's talking about it in, as far as I read, he's talking about it in the vein of in the context of the car business, like what would you focus on? My initial answer is not Corvettes. Yeah, my, <laughs> Corvettes have terrible margins. Yeah, my answer to that would be: uh, first of all, it would be two. It would be two part. One, pick something you're familiar with. So, if you're familiar with Volkswagen Audi, again, whatever it is, let's not say Volkswagen Audi. Say Volkswagen Audi for everything. Well, let's say Volkswagen and Audi. But if you're familiar with that, you know where they're going to rust. You know what what cars are going to have oil consumption issues. You know all those things. Therefore, you're limiting your potential horror. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you buy a Chrysler Sebring that you have no idea about, which is going to be garbage and you don't know it's, anyone. It's why I don't deal with muscle cars because I don't know – the difference one of them has a hood tack and the other doesn't and right. it's 20 grand difference and in value like I, the other thing i found too is like the people that i i have a i have a million people that can fix volkswagen and audi and porsche and like the weird cars that i have like i honestly like bentley's are cars that i feel comfortable buying because no one else feel, feels comfortable buying them <laughs> and i've had some and i know guys that can fix them so it's like it makes it's a no-brainer for me but it's it's the last car you should buy if you don't if you've never had a Bentley and you don't know anything about Bentleys, you should not buy a Bentley. Right. It's about to be a horrible day for you. I always right. did really well on cars that I knew and cars that I knew uh, and know and the cars that I've done well with recently have, have mostly been, you know, Porsches. <laughs> There's, if you are aware of the Porsche market, in other words, you, you've done your research or you're familiar with what cars typically sell for, Th then buy a Porsche because you're, yeah. you will pretty much not go wrong. Again, though, number one, the first part of that has to be the case. If you've never owned a Porsche, you don't know anyone that works on Porsches, you live in the middle of Iowa and have never seen a Porsche, you shouldn't buy a Porsche, especially if you're yeah. trying to flip it because there's no one that wants that car in the middle of Iowa, although if you live in Iowa, sure I'm sorry. Is. 
I'm sorry, but Iowa. So that advice can be extrapolated out to all of business, though, because yeah. you, you it's essentially market research. If you're starting a business, you have to know your product, know your margins, know your customers, know your suppliers, and it'd be asinine to get into a business that you have no idea what you're doing just because you've been told there's good margins. It's like the friggin' the people that get duped at the real estate seminars. Yeah. They pay a thousand bucks to go find out how to get rich in real estate. They haven't the faintest idea how to do a foundation inspection or that's a great local, example right yeah that's a great example if, if you want to know how to do real estate you research the local market and find out what stuff is buying and trading yeah. for and yeah get to know the schools and and i do the think roads that's, and that's the crazy pretty, neighbors it's pretty and universal it's the same thing with cars yeah. with anything yeah, yeah. okay 23 piddle launch patel launch um sorry it's it's a username. Uh, reach out to us. You get a free T-shirt of your choice for being the question of the week. Um, this is not a business question, but kind of a general automotive question from Travis Ray. My current situation is that I own a 2009 R8 V8 stick with 30,000 miles on it. Time for new suspension. I live on a smaller island off of Man Massachusetts, Nantucket, home of the Whalers. So I honestly rarely drive it. Miles don't go up on anything I own. I've been considering a move to a GT3. On what's with the cars? Like you should get a whaling boat. Like, I, why do you have a car on a tiny island? The question Buy portion of this is the best. <laughs> Buy a Vespa and get a boat. You'll enjoy it a lot more. You can catch fish with it. Uh, I've been considering a move, maybe a golf cart with like a body kit. I don't know. Like, what do you do? Drive around to the bars on the island? Uh, you did. Uh, listen, I get the island thing. I actually, uh, uh, but I don't get a, I don't get the supercar on the island thing. I get the island thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, sorry, sorry, Travis. I've been considering a move to a GT3 in the next few years, but only the 14, 15, 16, the 991 will be in my price range as the 10-year motor warranty will be up shortly after purchasing. Is that a terrible idea? We're well, going to have very different answers to this question. Well, Tim, you know a lot about owning high-maintenance cars out of warranty. So <laughs> my, my quick answer is they all failed at the beginning. Like I, I don't see them failing all that much now uh so rare it's rare yeah you're you're probably fine but tim I, go for I, it. here's my and this is gonna like totally i i have also been thinking about gt3s mm -hmm. uh i think you gotta buy a new one i just think i think the answer right now is to get an allocation at your dealer be a patient lad wait six or seven months because you're gonna be in the car but you didn't listen to his question yeah Price I, range. I, I did. His his price range is like one hundred fifty grand. I, look at look at the. Uh, okay, here's the fine. crazy. You buy thing. a brand new one. Here's the no crazy you, thing. No the, dealer is gonna let you order a new GT three. He can he can message me. I, I have I have a dealer that that can. You shouldn't say that. You are going to get blown up now. Message me. I'll help you. No, <laughs> I'd but, like one at MSRP. Yeah, I I think. Can I have one, please? Here, I'm not a flipper. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> I just think those cars are incredible value. I think patience, I mean, honestly, patience 
is a virtue right now in this car market. And and you know if if you want to if you want the older one, that's fine. Uh, I think that price on the older one is like almost a pipe dream right now. What? 150? 150 for 991.1? I mean, bro. All, all over. Mm. All over. 150. I've, I've sold like three of them recently. 150. Yes, for a 991.1. 14 to 16 How many GT3. Miles? 10,000 miles. Uh, and you see them staying there? I see them going down. They made like 25,000 of them. I mean, they made 25,000. They made 50,000 of every 911 ever, yet the prices keep going up. Every The prices on everything go up because it's 2021. It's inflation. That doesn't mean they're going to keep going up. And, they were tanking. You could buy one for 100 well, grand I, before I look that. Forward, I look forward to more tanking. You know, Right now, I think because of the proximity in price point to a stripper uh, new GT3, uh, and again, I mean, if you go and build a 911, like you've got to add all kinds of stuff to a Carrera S to make it interesting. You got to add all kinds of stuff to a you know Targa Ford GTS or whatever. The GT3 like stripper is pretty awesome. Yeah, the seats aren't great. You got to spend six grand to get the real seats, but I don't know. Like the base, try to find a try, try to find a dealer. Call Iowa dealers in Iowa. I don't know. I think you should you should get a kit car. For an island. Again, what are you going to do with 450 horsepower on an island? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So uh, Get a get one of those Volkswagen kit cars and put a GT3 body kit on it. Yeah, but let's... I mean, he can go off Nantucket Island. Did it say he never leaves the island? I don't know. i got to take a ferry. Definitely yeah. need a car with axle lift. Okay, here's what I would do, honestly. <laughs> the R8 is an awesome car. I know. The, R, the, the car stick has, is awesome. The car he has is yeah. only going to go up in value, even even given this weird exhaust suspension tune well, needs, and get rid of the the front differential it, and all that. You'll have an Audi GT3. It needs it needs ball joints right now, anyways. So oh, it needs a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, Thirty thousand yeah. miles. It's got carbon buildup and but honestly, man, what a great what that. a great car that is. I, w- I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they're both good. I. The GT3 is a little too video gamey for me. It does too much for you. I like, I like both of those cars I, are great. Yeah. I, I, the manual R8, though, the manual R8 is like... And the funny thing is everyone's like, I got I to have the... He said he had the V8, right? Yeah. I like That's the, the V8. better one. I like the V8. The car, that car was designed around that yeah. engine. Lotus Esprit, same thing. The, the, the car... When they design a car with an engine in mind, and then everyone's like, oh, well, what about the V10? Uh, all right. Yeah. Same thing with the Lotus. The V8, like, uh, it's a little extra un- unnecessary weight above the belt line. Not, yeah, not needed. Yeah. Okay. Well, hope that was helpful. We didn't really answer your question. <laughs> he hates Nick us. Nick Sirianni. He just unsubscribed <laughs> to both of us. I'm sorry. What are the steps involved with opening up a line of business, uh, <coughs> line of, line of business credit? Business line of credit. Sorry, that's the only way I can understand that. What are the steps involved with opening up a business line of credit to purchase inventory slash machines and other things besides the building itself? Or is having the liquid capital up front always the preferred option? I'm a big fan of liquid capital. Nothing beats. Nothing beats. Again, back to earlier. Own the building, liquid capital. Yeah. If those two things are exist, then it's... I don't know. It's somebody because you. Here's the thing: all these people asking, like, you know, about a line of credit or about a floor plan, and then in the same breath, we'll ask, like, 
you know, what car should I sell? Like what? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be, that's a setup for disaster. That's right. You're going to get the floor plan. We're going to tell you, you know, here's how you get the line of credit. You get the line of credit. And then like next stop bankruptcy, because like there's money. I want to be in the car business. Have you ever bought and sold a car for profit? No. Okay. Start there. No doubt. Go, Go buy just one. Yeah. One. I would say yeah. right now, like whatever you know, if you know, again, Volkswagen and Audi stuff, find that in, go find an interesting Volkswagen and Audi. Yeah. Can you find it? Can you flip it? What was the, you know, how long did yeah. it take? Did you like dealing with the customer? I mean, that's a, that's a question because like buying and selling cars, ugh, it, it, there's so much to it. I think this comes from. This comes from a general perception of going into business for yourself that you have to start with a bunch of money, that you have to have a facility, that you have to have equipment, this and that, and you don't. You need a proof of concept is what you need. With all of these businesses that I've mentioned, uh, including the ones you know that, that I kind of uh, came into and have now built up, uh, with the even with the the tent tools business, you know, with forty four tools, it took me like two years to really understand the marketplace. So, like, if I was like, "Oh, I'll sell tent tools," and just went out and randomly started doing that and didn't have any idea what the market was, I mean, think about that. How crazy that would be, right? You know, well, being able to get the line of credit, like, if you have good credit, and <laughs> you know what I mean, and you own your home, you can probably get approved for whatever. Right, but you. But probably, do you want to stake you your, your home on something that you have no idea you, will work? Or you, not? you shouldn't. You you know proof of concept and doing it, the money will come. I mean, in my in my experience, anytime I've done something semi successful, all interest comes. You know, money. The money is usually not the problem. The know how and the the excellence is the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, and this this that's what i would say about that i would say don't do it like the answer you know to answer the question is should you get a bunch of money and just start a car business probably not if if you know unless you're already if you've already sold you know five or six cars on ebay and five or six cars on bring a trailer and five or six cars on cars and bids and you have like a little system that you know you know i import it from here and then i sell it in the united states mm, okay and you've done that and you can do that again hmm then, then maybe more money is the answer. But if you've already done that, the money is probably already available to you, either from an investor or from a friend or a partner, uh, lawyer, tread lightly, contract. <laughs> um, you know. But th- that's the advice. But there. don't do it. Do it yourself. Yeah, do it I, yourself. Yeah. and and take time. I mean, honestly, like there were years. Again, I, I had no money. It was I. My target was I wanted to have a Lotus Esprit by the time I was twenty five. I was twenty six. It took me till I was 26. Do you feel like a failure? No. I mean, because, and, and, you know, honestly, I wanted an XJ220 by now. I don't have an XJ220. I don't have. I would have an XJ220 if they were still. I don't even. 400000 $400,000. 200000 I, I know. I, I don't. There was one locally. I cry. I missed it at Bear Jackson in 2010. Whatever. I I, everybody missed For everything. For $200,000? No, 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 no. Hold on. Less. I was broke in 2010. I don't want to hear this story. I've been broke twice in my life. It's terrible. I don't want to hear this story. And I'm sorry. When I was broke and the the entire rest of the world was broke, a Jaguar XJ220 sold at Barrett Jackson in Las Vegas for $100,000. Yeah. 
thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, hundred thirty. It was bought by a guy in Cleveland. A couple years later, it was at the local service shop. Was it silver? Blue. Okay. It's at the local service shop. Same car. Had the fuel bladders redone, big service, this and that. The guy wanted two hundred. I was sort of into some money then, but oh. it was a stretch. I offered him a hundred eighty. Like, now, yeah, did you want to get lose. it to flip it or get it to to have it? I think at that point it was some of both. Again, the dangers of being in the car business. Yeah. It was like I, this is a dream car. This is a once maybe in a lifetime opportunity to have that dream car. I'll have it for a minute and then flip it. So I offered him 180 back and forth, back and forth. Wow. The deal fizzled. Never got it. That's it. Yeah. I'm actually going to cry about that later tonight. There, there are five to six to 700 K for good ones. Now I don't want to talk about it. You know what? And, and I feel like that's, decision. that's one of the, go back here. That's one of the the few '90s supercars that's still somewhat attainable. Even at the, the even, at, even at that nuts. price, even at that price, it's like. Uh, well, there's I mean, a, sorry, I don't want to say a no-brainer, but like compared to like where F40s are and where everything's so crazy right now. But it's right insane. now, I think is the danger. You know it's what I mean? Dangerous. Like if do you do you buy? You know, if you want, did you see that Merchalago that just sold? Not the one that's about to sell, but the one that the gray one. No, that one Come did on, it. Tim, did it you, end? You're a musician. You should know. You gotta you I gotta know. loosen the thing, no, then no, move no. it. I did. And then tighten it. Okay. I did. I'm tightening okay. it down. I I give <sighs> all these people. I'm, bro, bro, bro. I need some more compression on my voice, Ethan. <laughs> Liquid compression right there. Oh, hold on a second. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost out of Cavassier. <laughs> Can I get some? <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, Mark, hook me up, bro. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to make any ladies man references because that is my wife will unsubscribe. Mark, I mentioned you on international <laughs> podcast. Don't give me the, he just gave me the finger. That hurts my feelings. Oh. Uh, thank you. Is it best to focus on one mark or spread out your focus while beginning? I think we kind of already answered that. You, you do what you know, you, you, you specialize, you focus on something. Um, and that is or that you is take truth. good deals as they come and develop a focus from there. And I, I think that's that's an option as well. Like uh, if, if you know how to buy stuff and, and scout out a good deal, then fine. I got a uh, this. I have an example of that. I was at. Uh, I don't usually go to the auctions, but I go intermittently to the auction. And uh, a couple of the these cars are were both way outside of my of my uh, typical. But both of them were home runs. One was a, uh, a Corvair four-door, and it was f- like free. If I told you what I paid for it, and this is years ago, so it's been it's been ten years. And then uh, more recently uh, was an Acura Legend, and it was like the most pristine Acura Legend. And in fact, the guy that I sold it to, when he came uh, to look at it, this is like a year ago, he actually cried. This is the only time that's ever happened. This dude, like, it, I don't know if he had that exact car or what, but he's like, "I'll be back." I don't. I didn't bring it because I didn't bring the money because I didn't think I was gonna. It was gonna be truthfully, you know. This is it's so perfect, and he he like didn't get fifteen minutes away, but he's like, "I got the money. I'm coming." This is like nine o'clock at night. He's like, "I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm gonna get the car." This dude was like emotionally moved over a this. Corvair. No, this was the Acura Legend. Oh, but okay. yeah, the Corvair right, and the yeah. Acura Legend, and both of them were like at the auction free 
no one was looking at him. They it both ended up needing very little in re- recon. I did a little bit on both, but you know, yes, no brainers are no brainers. Right. Like, but no brainers. If you're outside of your area of expertise, you can always get burnt on. You, both of these the, were so no brainer that even if they hadn't started or gone in gear, it would have still been a no brainer. Right. I mean, literally, if, if someone had given me an Acura Legend and a Corvair, it would have been only marginally cheaper <laughs> than what deal. I paid. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Joe, what do you think will happen to all of those oil change places in a future without regular oil changes? Well, if you're in the Mustang Club, we live in a present without regular oil changes. <laughs> Is there an opportunity to create the next generation of quote unquote automotive preventive maintenance service business? You know, what's interesting to me because of the whole electric thing that's happening is you, you have uh, Volkswagen in particular and Ford in particular intentionally engineering their cars overly complex in order to keep the service department busy, which is like, honestly, the most transparent and scary thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like they've seen what Tesla has done and they've said, wow, that car, you can pretty much change the whole battery pack and drivetrain. You just, it's like a, it needs, it's very serviceable, cheap, economical to service. Uh, and it doesn't have, the other it direction. doesn't have, they've gone the other direction. There's extra hoses. There's extra flanges for those hoses. There's, you know, on the, on the uh, Volkswagen in particular, the cooling system for the, the batteries is so over the top there are so many failure points uh, you know like so i don't think that even if we totally got away from petrochemicals which you know the irony of of now having these uh you know direct injected or hybrid direct injected engines that are like produce almost no emissions and are so we're so good at it to walk away from internal combustion right now seems like you know Seems like the wrong call because, you know, with electric cars, all that power, you, it's just not at the car. Like all the all the emissions just aren't at the car. You're literally just moving That's it. That's why they're popular, though. You're just placation, people just it's, People just want to feel good. Oh, There's nothing bad coming out of their tailpipe. You people. You people are screwing up everything. Anyways, what I the problem is, like, look, I there's always going to be repair shops, period. I, you know, is it going to be an oil change like an like you know it now? Probably not. If if electric truly wins, you know, and and let us remember that at the turn of the century, you know, in the early 1900s, uh, 1987, you know, the cars that sold the most were electric cars. You know, they were replaced by the much easier, uh, you know, internal combustion engine. Like there's there's some infrastructure challenges to electric. Are you that, saying it was a better technology? I mean. Yeah, I like listen, I this is a whole thing where it's like I try not to be too divisive or too like Okay, well then yeah, let's move yeah. on because we got more questions. But yes, there will always be repair shops. JT Square twenty two, how do you choose cars for your inventory? They choose me. Do you choose based on personal preference, ease of selling, or biggest return? Wow, that's a good question. I choose the one I like the most. Yeah, I mean, I've always done that. I've always, so when I've bought inventory to buy, so there has been times when I've bought for like other dealerships or I've bought to like put inventory places. I've, if I owned the business, I would never buy that way. I would only buy cars that like I would buy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that like if, if you buy, 
it's 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 an easier buy it's an easier sale when someone comes to look at that car they can feel your passion they can feel that it, it goes back to what we said earlier like buying what you know i mean i think i think i think you gotta you have to have a connection with the car i think is the is the sure. it's it makes it easier to sell i always joked i'm really not joking it was proven today i always say that i'm a terrible salesman and that's why i I'm not in the regular car business because I can't sell anything. I can only express my passion about something that I liked. And that was evident on the phone today. I don't really take sales calls anymore. I do talk to my clients and referrals and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't answer the phone, which is, it's been the best year of my life. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I have people for that, but, um, I, was talking to a guy and just he was playing games right we have this car that's up on an auction he found it on the auction and then he wanted to come look at it and buy it and he said well, what's the price he said it's 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 up for auction he's like well can i just buy it i'm like dude you i think found there's... it on an auction site the auction's nine days and i just i got a little bit short with him because i'm like i and my wife was sitting in our office and um She's like, she's literally coaching me on how to be nicer to this guy. And, and he goes, so, so can I come look at it and, and buy it? And I said, no, it's, it's up on the auction. My wife goes, but he can come look at it and then bid on the auction. She's feeding me sales yeah. lines. Like it was it, that I'm that bad at sales that huh. I, I can only push what I'm passionate I think about. That, but I think, I think that you realize that. And I think it's a good thing. I mean, and I think that shade of green really suits that truck, by the way. <laughs> I really do. I really do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's a I, – and, I, again, people always talk about shady car dealers. That's a shady car buyer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a car that's on an auction site. It, it, the auction is going to run out, period. Like, I'm going to let the auction run. And that's the honest thing to do is I'm going to let the auction run. You could bring me – I have a question for you. Yeah. I With regards to that, out. how many online auctions have you done? Ballpark? Uh, I think I did about, I've done probably 300, 350 on okay. e- eBay and maybe 15 or 20 on other sites. Okay. A few hundred. <clears throat> how many times have you sold a car to somebody who said, what's the, like, buy it now price? What's What's the price to... So I don't have to deal with the auction. So I uh, not count. So one time, kind of the old, one time that one. I can remember. Okay, yeah, one and time. eBay doesn't really count because they would have like auction plus buy it now, yes, which just yeah. didn't work for that either was, one. Yeah, but right. your point remains: four hundred auctions once. Yeah, that's true. That I've zero. Never have I ever sold yeah. a car to a guy who called up and said, "What can I buy it for right now?" And that is including Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld tried to buy a car out from under a BAT auction. And I said, great, make me an offer that makes it worthwhile to screw my relationship with BAT. Mm-hmm. And he offered me 10 grand less than what it ended up selling for. Oh, that is an awesome story. Anyway. And I think that's the, that's that, that is a great example because like I've got several cars, I get two cars on BAT right now. And I think you just got to let it, you just got to let it roll out. I actually hate when people want to actually come and see the car. Like if they, if they know where it is and they come to see it at my shop and they, they say, I want to schedule an appointment to come look at the car. 
I'll let them. Inevitably, what happens is they try to buy it off the auction. If they want to send someone to like inspect the car, I welcome that. Yeah. If they want to come and like try to do the deal, I, I literally, I literally hate that. Yeah. Because it's I, like it's such it's sort of like a covenant. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. putting this car up for auction. I mean, when that happens at the at the dealer auction, I, I've the most incensed I've ever been is when like good old boy side sale happens. Like, oh, hey, I want that car. And then they get the car, and then you were going to pay ten grand more for the car, but you don't get the car. It bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me. So good for you, Jerry Seinfeld. The Mr. Brightside. Pros and cons of, well, it wasn't Seinfeld. It was one of his people. But anyway, it was, it was for him. Pros and cons of working in the industry. What parts of starting new companies has had the biggest impact on your life? Mm-hmm. I stumped him. Wow. I didn't. You did. I tell you, the biggest uh, so s- the biggest part of after I sold uh, P3, th- um, and, and the current endeavors that I've got going on right now, uh, there's just, there's something to, Yes, I can. There's just something to that. You know what I mean? To like, you know how like, like this year you said switch cars, you've just, you've now got, you don't answer the phone anymore. There's such a, like, that's such a victory. And (laughs) and that victory, like, I mean, that is worth, that is worth more than like whatever the money is, that is worth more. So like those, those victories, like right now, one of the things that's most refreshing right now is like, I have, uh, you know amazing employees and that's the first time i can ever say that like this this current situation um i've hired uh most of my current staff and a lot of them have have been i've hired friends before and it's always been really bad but um i hired for this one of my current businesses uh a guy that i worked with um at the car dealership that i started back in the pal situation and this guy's just such an awesome guy and it just to like to have hired him and gotten him into a job that is awesome for him and like i, I don't know like th- there's those kinds of things those like vic- like weird non-monetary victories wins like the wins are are a big deal honestly your freddie mercury thing was a win the guy that came at tampa there was someone that came in like full uh acura i don't know if you've ever watched that movie but he came dressed as uh canada i don't know if you've ever watched anime no no. but it was like when i saw that i was like dude this is like the most fulfilling thing that's ever happened to me and in that moment it was like amazing so like I don't know if I answered that question, but like I, I don't know either. It's a it's a very existential oh, I question. I like it though. I like the existential. Yeah. We're getting yeah getting philosophical. Um, goodness gracious. Okay, I think we're gonna do one more question, wow. and then we got to get to the props and flops and some other things. Uh, am I gonna pick one of? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pick one of my questions over one of the viewer questions. I'm really sorry. It's my show. I get to do that. True or false? I think this is kind of a good wrap-up type mm. question. Mm. Because I came up with it. Oh. True or false? If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. False. Why? It's too... Like, that's too cliche. 
I mean, it really like you, there's going to be tough days. There's going to be the day where you're like, I don't, you know, they're just the fire marshal comes and he's not happy about your exit <laughs> sign. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a day where the phone system goes down. There's going to be a day where, you know, like I remember the first negative feedback I got on an auction and it was not, it was like, if it had been like a justified thing, but it was like an insane dude. And, and this is back in the eBay days and eBay removed it. But like the dude was a menace to society, you know what I mean? And it was over a, like a, an amazing, like if, if only I could have that car. I mean, it was like a X race car, like, documented history like, like it was, please send me that car back so i can <laughs> like, sell I, it to somebody more exactly deserving. what i said i was like i will give you i think i offered him like 500 dollars more than what he paid for it plus the shipping to just to get it back Nah, you know and he just wanted to you know it's, there's certain people that's, that's what i mean like you, that's why i have the wall of shame yeah there's certain yeah. people there's just certain mm-hmm. things certain situations certain people that make that not true i mean like if you do what you love so like at the height of, you know, where music was really popping for me, yes, it was enjoyable. Like uh, the height of, you know, the, the first Testarossa I had, enjoyable. Like little little things like that. But like at the end of the day, like when you go buy a V70R and it breaks down five feet from where you were and you're on the side of the road and you're calling your buddy and you're like, hey, uh, can you uh, can you come pick me up? <laughs> you know like you're working yeah you know what i mean like you're you're working so yeah i think even race car drivers have days that they work because they're dealing with absolutely i I don't know what i uh physical training right they have to work out and have their i think it's not true i think it's universally not the case no it it isn't i i think that's a it's a dangerous myth that perpetuates uh discontentment in quote unquote normal jobs and what leads so many people to say, Oh, I want to, I want to be in the car business. This is a dream job. This must be so exciting. You get to walk in, just look at these cars all day. I'm like, no, I look at my computer screen all day. Right. So, but yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it certainly does make it better for sure to work here versus working in a corporate tower or something like that. Yes, it's better. There's no denying that, but it's still work. It's still absolutely. Working. All right, Tim, you are you are a drummer yeah. among other things. Yeah. Um I also am. Now, usually we have this little snare drum and cymbal here for mm-hmm. for jokes. We haven't made any dad jokes this evening, which is actually this uh, this episode should just be scrapped as a result. But um I figure we should have a drum off. Oh man! To see on this, on this, who is who is actually the better drummer? Okay, go ahead. I did you bring your mullet? I feel like the mullet helps. It's in the car. It's in the car. I don't need my mullet for this. You don't need your mullet. I don't know what's involved. I don't like. I don't know what's involved either. I've never played one. Of I'm these. gonna go with in this this situation. I, f- I feel you like can a have, Muppet character. You can have the crown. You can have the crown on I w- this one. I, I want to see what you got on well, this. Come yeah, on. I guess, s- guess you you go, go first. first. Go. No, no, no. Let's you go. go first. All right, fine. You go first. He's going to go first. Huh. He got, got? The, he got the style points. Can I, can I like Can you twirl those test sticks? It? I don't know. <laughs> I it, looks, it looks like I'm having a, a wee smoke. <laughs> Uh, 
Somebody has been that's like drumline quality there. Somebody was in marching band. Thank you. I need more bass on my voice. More compression. More please. compression. More compression. All right. We're not going to pick a winner, but... Uh, it's you. I mean, I feel like you monstered that. You monstered, Plus, you had like the... You were into it. He was into it. All right. It is time for props and flops. Uh, oh, man. We're going to do prop first because a flop is a contentious one. And we're going to need everybody out here. This is a, The flop of the week is a voting one. The prop of the week goes to Nissan with their new appropriately named 400 horsepower 400Z. Comes with a proper six-speed manual gearbox. Unfortunately, nothing is naturally aspirated anymore as this car utilizes a three-liter V6 twin turbo, but hey, at least it's not electric. Some of the features are carbon fiber drive shaft, automatic rev matching, a feature I initially wanted to hate, but I kind of liked it, and now I really hate it. Available limited slip differential sport exhaust. Why do they call it a limited slip? It should be called like controlled slip. Like that's what it's for, so you can drift the crap out of it. For what it's worth, I really think this car is is the business. I think it is I too. Think it's like if it's fourteen inch front and rear rotors, double wishbone suspension, optional raised nineteen inch wheels. And it's rear-wheel drive, and I'm guessing that one button turns all the nannies off. And they're saying like thirty-six thousand. Yeah, forty, forty k. Yeah. I, how much does it weigh? That's important. I think the target is three thousand pounds. He said one pound. No. Hold up. He got the actual. St- okay. He got the stats. All right. Ethan, is there a problem? <coughs> Flop Ethan, of the week. Ethan looks like there's a. You got Are that we all look. good? You are everything all He's right? He's tired. I can't tell he that He got his look. booster shot today. He's very tired. Thirty-two <laughs> <laughs> You guys get I'll to vote it. on the flop of the week. That's that's a nice that's a nice poundage. All right. Um, that's what. She- <laughs> <laughs> high, high five! It, it took high a whole five. whole episode, but we got there. Woo-hoo. All right. I am known for my controversial opinions. I'm not known. Bye. We'll see ya. Bye. Ethan loves you. Oh, gosh. Flop of the week. I'm known for my controversial opinions, and I'm not known for keeping them to myself. Who is Mark Spence? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I I misunderstood. I misunderstood. Sorry. (laughs) If only we could start the episode where we ended it or end it. Yeah, something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, We need to drink more before. Okay, unlike my opinions, I keep most of my charitable giving quiet. (laughs) And personally, we're very particular about who we give to in order to make sure it's a real need, that it will help, and that will be used wisely. Because money doesn't always help things. Hmm. Last night, I stumbled across a t-shirt sale fundraiser in honor of a guy who lost his house and his beloved custom Porsche in the Colorado fires. Hmm. All proceeds of the sale went to him and his family. To me, it was a noble gesture, but it seemed to be kind of a bad look. And I posted it as such. Essentially, my response was, so we're doing a fundraiser for a rich guy who likely has plenty of insurance, or at least should have. My point was, it looks bad as there are probably people in real need as a result of the fires. 
the guy will get a million bucks for his house and his car from his insurance company, and he can go buy another one. Especially if he has Haggerty, who who, who does I, not sponsor the show yet. So, <laughs> I love you. Haggerty. Okay, so is their T-shirt sale for a rich guy whose Porsche burnt down in the fires and is likely insured? Is that the flop of the week, or is me not being able to keep my opinion to myself and crapping on somebody's? noble gesture in an attempt to do good for a member of their car community am i the flop of the week for not shutting up honest vote hands up if the instagram post if, if the fundraiser was a flop of the week raise your hand raise your hand don't yell i can't one two three okay raise your hand if me posting that response was a flop of the week three to two I'm, I, I'm like, I'm in the middle on that. Like both of those things are kind of flops. Posting it in this environment, I think, is more of a flop because it's just going to be like total pain and suffering for you. I get, I get it, but it's like, it's such a bad optic, right? Like we're doing a fundraiser for a millionaire. Why do they? If if I, your I, if your car collection burned down, would you want well, a T-shirt I, sale to to help you out? My car collection is insured through Haggerty, who sponsors Motorvice. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, my YouTube channel. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Haggerty. All right, three to two. I don't know. Maybe online you can vote. I, I was prepared. I'm in the middle if, on if that. I, if like I, I lost, if I lost that, I was prepared to buy two of the T-shirts to support the sale. Even though do we the know guy probably? Do we, do we know he was like? I need more details. I mean, I feel like. We don't have a lot of details. Yeah. That's it. I'm just saying the optic of it. Isn't it isn't a is... great look. It, but I, both things are... I'm with Ethan on this one. I, sh I mean, I, I admit I should keep my opinion myself a lot more. But I used to never do that, and now I always do that because no one... Well, we don't have to talk about that. Okay. Anyway. All right. Two flops of the week, myself included. Uh, whatever I've I've stirred up so much online controversy in the past two weeks it was just it was it was I just had to keep it going so uh, yeah we'll find out about some more of that controversy in the cannibal community that I started as well that'll that'll come that's the real file. controversy I that wanna, is the real I controversy the, I want to see the end of that boy did you read that whole thing are you uh, yeah I meant what I said, said what I meant. It's out there. It was and controversial. I mean what I say when I'm looking for my script here. I think I memorized it by now. Where can people find you online? Tim's Enthusiast Garage? Tim's Enthusiast Garage. Uh, do the YouTube channel. So YouTube.com slash Tim's Enthusiast Garage. Uh, Instagram, uh, Tim's Enthusiast Garage and Motorvice. Uh, also, if you like detail supplies, tenting supplies, uh, 44tools.com or 44tools on Instagram. If you use promo code SWITCH, you save 10%. Oh, yeah. 44tools.com. SwitchCast. Let's yeah, keep it consistent. We just kept it switch because people like okay. people. Switch. It's All hard. Right. Promo it's code SWITCH. Promo code SWITCH. All right. Well, thank you, Tim, for being on the show. It's been hey, a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for real. Yeah, I feel like I know you far more than I did 35 years ago at that car show. Uh, thank you to our actual sponsors, <laughs> GT Vault, Boxcast, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. This table is Our nice. fake sponsors, Haggerty, 44 Tools, <laughs> ECS Tuning, all that. 
Thank you to our producer and call screener, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m., and we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive of your life. Bye. Bye. Bye.